It's not getting it's it, not getting it. The Good Times with Good People Company proudly present the Law Party Podcast. I'm your host, Rio, and of course, we're all about good people, good times, and good talk. Today on the panel, we've got uh, some returning guests, uh, Dave Tiemann and Chris O'Connor and the infamous anonymous female. So I think we're going to jump right in this week. Um, I know last week during the shuffle, um, we, uh, we learned that Dave uh, has no playlist. <laughs> and uh, but he was uh, more than happy to comment on everybody else's. Uh, we heard that uh, if you hit shuffle on Chris's phone, uh, Jay Z will pop to the top. <laughs> uh, Mark Church, who was here with us last week, um, uh, secretly is into very underground hip hop uh, because he was listening to Earl Sweatshirt. And of course, as I was last week, I'm recording on my phone, so uh, I won't be shuffling this week, but that won't stop me from talking about whatever needs to get talked about. Did we have anybody else drop out of the race this week? On, on uh, I mean, I know we're only down to two people on the Democratic side, but on the Republican side, did anybody else drop out? No. I don't believe so. Yeah, so 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 we're so we're down to a solid four. Right? Is Ben Carson introducing Trump is that this week? Endorsing him? Or is that last week? He endorsed him last week, but he was on the radio on TV this morning talking about how he thinks Trump's gonna be a great saving grace. <laughs> yeah, I uh, you know, not to get into you know you know what I think about any particular candidate, but I did think it was interesting. All of the craziness that was going on with the Trump rallies this past week, you know, it was it was it was kind of nuts because you know the Chicago rally got shut completely down. Yeah. They didn't they didn't want to hold it because because uh, it didn't look like it was going to be um, you know going to be I guess safe <laughs> safe for Trump. And uh, that's the least of my words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of, <laughs> kind of the least. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Kansas City's rally wound up having four arrests, and uh, and, and what and what I thought was a little uh, uh, much, you know, they you know were pepper spraying people, and and because um, I guess he had a fair amount of protesters out there. I can't even remember the exact number, but it was. And and uh, I think I think that I think that rally was at the Midland. What they were doing is giving them warnings, and they, and if they didn't back up or whatever they had, were asking them to do, then they were gonna then they were gonna spray them. And I was just like, I just didn't think pulling out the spray was a necessary evil, you know, for any of it. But hey, it always uh, seems like a move that might incite people more than deter people. And maybe oh, it's, yeah, it's kind of what I was thinking. I'm like, you, you know, if people are assuming that, you know, the Trump rallies are getting out of hand and violent, then to um, respond to the protesters with violence, 
seems <laughs> like like a badass idea. It just it just doesn't seem like it. It's just counter. It's just counterintuitive and counterproductive. You know. I guess I don't know what the other option would be. Not being a cop, I don't know like how much latitude you can give. What can you do? There's yeah. Gotta be at some point that somebody's you know not always a giant fan of cops, but if you're going to be down at a protest that is. <laughs> has the potential of becoming violent and you gotta keep law and order I don't know how much latitude you give before you take a measure like that yeah uh, yeah that just seems but I don't know I, you know there's gotta be some reason for it since they only did it to four people but I had no idea well they only arrested four but they, they arrested pepper sprayed a lot. quite a large group but at the same time I also heard, you know they have the lawful right to to be there and to protest. You have a lawful right to lawfully protest. Yes, but within certain lawful boundaries. Right. What I had heard, and, and I, Ryan was down there, and he, he was walking with his mm. dog, and he said, the protesters were constantly going across the line and actually were out on the street. And they yeah. Were, mm. And there was a lot of screaming and yelling going across the street from each one. No, okay. And it had the potential to probably be, if the police wouldn't have been there, it been To turn bad. Oh, yeah. Okay. And he said, he said he, he was actually kind of, it was scary. That, I imagine that, that in Chicago. I mean, that, that, that Chicago was, would be that type of scary. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Which I know that's the reason they called off the Chicago rally because it, 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 it would have gotten out of hand fast because things tend to get out of hand fast in Chicago anyway. So we have an office in Chicago, and I was hearing from all of my friends. Uh, it was not far from where his rally was supposed to be, and they had at least six to ten black helicopters flying over the city all day long checking stuff out like trying to keep an eye out for people and just that it was crazy yeah. said it was absolutely crazy and then also I heard that the police had warned him several times to stay behind the boundaries the lines right. just you know say what you want do what you want right. don't don't be coming across the street you're out in the street and that's where the problem started okay but again, I, mean, I'm, I'm, I would not defend Trump on this either. I think he goes out of his way to incite moments like this. Well, and I think that's r the real problem. You know, it's it's not that. You know, I, I don't think he's he's I don't think he's creating the, the this problem, but he's definitely inciting it. You know, he's definitely stoking the fire that he knows is there. Yeah. You're still responsible if you run out on the street. I get it, but boy, the way the way he is ratcheting up just the yeah. uh, nonsense talk, yeah. I can see inciting a lot of people to do some pretty crazy things. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Too heavy for a podcast, <laughs> at least for this one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's get to the first question of the day. What are we drinking? Well, I'm drinking a Rieger Vodka Club Soda Squeeze of Lemon. Very refreshing, nice summery drink on a 76-degree March day in Kansas City. Uh, hey, yeah, as was, speaking of which, the weather is bananas right now. This is, this is just amazing right mm -hmm. now. It's been beautiful. Yeah. And uh, what about you, Chris? I'm having what's called a Pendergast, which is uh, basically a twist on a Manhattan, and I had it made with Rieger Whiskey, and it has... Uh, is it Benedictine? That's the, that's the mm -hmm. shot that normally goes into it. So, yeah, that's kind of why it's a twist on a Manhattan. All right. Uh, I'm going with an old standby today. I'm doing uh, Four Roses bourbon and tonic. 
uh, a few ice cubes in there. I like I say, nice, easy, refreshing. And uh, and that is what we're drinking. Speaking of which, we'll toast. We will toast. We'll cheers to that. We like drinks. And to the anonymous female. I'm drinking water today. <laughs> the anonymous female has been extra healthy today. She actually worked out twice today. Wow. Like I feel I feel real for real slovenly. <laughs> but hey. Uh, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, hey, what are we smoking? I'm smoking an Oliva Sun Grown. I bought them from. Um, I'm going to. I get my cigars mainly from Thompson. They had a great deal on there. About a. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 just a wonderful and it's slow burns, mild pull, wonderful cigar, great to smoke. Yeah, I mean, I'm having a Romeo and Julieta for sure. But, um, I don't know which variety it is. It's a special variety. Oh, small batch uh, F25. Oh, those are nice. Those are yeah, nice. I like it. Yeah. Uh, it, I, you know what? Actually, I have not chosen a smoke today, except uh, we'll probably uh, have uh, something from the newest of ports, a Newport cigarette. That's <laughs> probably what I will have because I didn't pick a cigar today. Uh, I want to thank uh, our friends of the podcast. I want to thank uh, Riga Whiskey again. Uh, I want to thank the uh, Majestic uh, for uh, restaurant for having us. Uh, today, this is where we're recording the podcast today. Uh, incidentally, uh, that is where the cigar club that we belong to is located. Uh, it's on the top floor of the Majestic Restaurant in Kansas City, and uh, it is uh, it is kind of our little private little gem because it is a members members only club. Uh, and yes, membership has its privileges. You get a members only jacket with it. <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting. Yeah. I was waiting. <laughs> I'm about to say, obviously, we're the, obviously we're the last members if we were if we're, if we're wearing the members only jackets. You know, today I did not get as much of a chance as I normally do to kind of look at pop culture stuff. Uh, I saw this report that like Suge Knight had been killed and. And uh, but I can't find any proof of it, so I don't I don't want to get too deep off into whether or not he is killed or should have been killed or whatever. Except to say he is, as far as I know, he is still in jail, and that's all right with me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know what? It's one thing uh, that I did want to talk about, and that is coming up sooner than later. Uh, on April 16th uh, is Record Store Day. Um, for those of you out there who don't know what Record Store Day is, there's either new new pressings or re-release pressings of vinyl on that day. Um, anybody out there that is um, into vinyl in particularly or a DJ, this is the day designed for you. You're going to love it. There's going to be such titles as um, uh, "Aha" is <laughs> going to get going to get a, going to get pressed. 
Justin Bieber's uh, last album, the latest album, Purpose, is going to get pressed. Uh, for some of the some of some of the more serious hip hop fans like myself, you'll probably be really uh, happy to know that uh, the the DOCs, uh, no one can do a better album. Um, his only album uh, that uh, Dr. Dre produced while N.W.A. was still together um, is gonna get released on vinyl, um, and there's. Uh, the legendary hip hop producer Jay Dilla, um, they're releasing Jay Dilla's The Diary on vinyl. Um, those kind of caught my eye. A um, couple other things that caught my eye is uh, we talked about Lil Wayne last week, mm -hmm. and they actually got a so re they're actually releasing um, the Carter One and the Carter Two on vinyl. Um, I thought that was interesting. This kid, is new kid, I think this, it might be a second project, um, second actual label project, a uh, kid called Logic, uh, signed a Def Jam. Um, he's an interesting kid, because he, he's, he's a mixed kid, uh, but he, he straight looks like a white kid, like, but, it, like, in, just incredible, like, you know, for all of you out there who, like, think, like, Kendrick Lamar, or maybe Lupe Fiasco, or someplace, somebody like that, has an incredible flow, incredible delivery. Um, Logic is kind of in that vein. Um, just an incredible, um, incredible delivery, and uh, and and it kind of kind of a unique take. Is you by looking at him, you wouldn't think that some of the stories, some of the things that he has to say, but apparently he's had some serious family things going on. That's something that caught my eye. Actually, uh, <laughs> uh, side story. Uh, I noticed that uh, Guar, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Guar's got an album that's uh, getting, <laughs> getting released on vinyl. A quick side story. Um, I lived in Seattle for three years, right? So I'm going to school for music business. And one of my instructors for show and touring, so and because she was... Uh, she was a booker for this club in Seattle called the Rock Candy that was um, actually owned by, I want to say Lee Singer, Soundgarden. Hmm. Anyway. Chris Cornell. Yeah, Chris Cornell. So, um, and her name, uh, greatest name ever, she needed her own rock band just because her name was awesome. Her name was Lori Lefevre. <laughs> and uh, and uh, and sure so yeah yeah I don't know what her her name was but she went by Lori Lefevre and uh, so everybody kind of in the school knew that I was kind of the hip hop guy you know you that you went to and uh, so Lori came to somebody she knew that was uh, an instructor there at the time. And um, and was asking about if we've got a hip hop project and we want to promote it. Do you have any kids that are good? You know, and they were like, "Well, only one name comes to top of mind, and ask him, and then he'll put you on to anybody else you need to know." So, kind of the cool thing was. Um, I got a, uh, I got a job out of it promoting for two or three of the theaters in town. So it was the uh, like the two and three thousand seat 
theaters and uh, like I promoted a Chris Rock concert, uh, uh, Eddie Griffith concert. I promoted this. Uh, uh, I think it was called Jamming. Uh, I think it was called Jam on it. I think it was called, but it was like a hip hop dance musical thing and either way it goes I had real good success promoting those shows and Lori asked maybe if we could partner up do something hip hop at Chris Cornell's spot which actually never materialized but I did wind up working working over there just you know what doing whatever for a little while until uh, uh, the night they booked Guar <laughs> Which, which is where our story. <laughs> so, <laughs> I show up to work, <laughs> and uh, trust me, I'm the only black person in about a six block radius <laughs> to a Guar concert. No, I take that back. There was one insane black kid. He was just nutbags, <laughs> uh, and he was actually going to the Guar show. Um, and then there was me, and Lori said very politely. Why don't you stay in the office and do office work today? I'll uh, I'll go out front because there was enough of us, um, and me being the only black kid, she thought uh, for my safety <laughs> it was probably a good idea, and uh, so I rethought working at a rock club, <laughs> not because I had a problem with it, but for my safety, <laughs> I don't want to work any more guap show. That is a legitimate one. It's just a bunch of angry <laughs> kids for no reason. For no good like reason. You got a lot of good things going in your life and you're mad. Yeah, <laughs> buddy. You do some funny costumes just yell for a few hours. That seems horrible to me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was rough. And it was not, and it was and the rock candy wasn't even that big, mm-hmm. so it only it held about three to four hundred standing. Okay. And uh, so I mean it was big enough, but standing room in a show like that. It could only go bad if yeah. there was one reason for it to go bad. Right. And uh, <laughs> so I removed myself from it. A uh, couple of other standouts, record store day, now that I'm um, kind of thinking about it, I noticed some singles that were coming out on on vinyl. Uh, Outcast Elevators, um, mm-hmm. Me and You, Yo Mama and Your Cousin too. Uh, Old Dirty Bastards, uh, Brooklyn Zoo, and Shimmy Shimmy Ya. Personally, uh, and I know there's a whole lot of whole lot of hip hoppers out there that would disagree with me all day about who was their favorite in the Wu Tang Clan. Old Dirty Bastard was my favorite in Wu Tang Clan. I loved Old Dirty Bastard. His music was just it was just fun. It had a crazy amount of energy. Uh, and also, I noticed uh, Notorious B.I.G.'s uh, "Mo Money, Mo Problems" is going to be on vinyl. Uh, speaking of which, uh, March 9th was uh, kind of National Biggie Day because uh, he died on March 9th. So uh, here at the Law Party Podcast, we want to pay our respects to Biggie. And with that, we all say Biggie, Biggie. There we go. Um, so, anybody else have anything that they? Kind of notice from the week that they uh, that they wanted to bring up. I think the thing that's weird about this list is how uh, there's a massive amount of variety when I never thought um, yeah. in the vinyl scene there was this much uh, new stuff being pressed. 
across yeah. every genre. I mean, you have bizarre stuff from Big Star, which, you know, clearly hasn't been out records in years. Yeah. Um, then you go to Ethan Hawke has a record coming out for no reason. <laughs> what? Wait, I missed that one. <laughs> like the actor? Yes. That is crazy uh, right there. Flame Me I mean, like, there's a lot of alternative bands that make sense to me, but then you get to, like, Amy Lou Harris. Huh. I'm like, well, man, I don't know a lot of country people who buy vinyl. Just weird. They have the Star Wars soundtrack coming out, which makes no sense to me. I'm like, who's buying that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Vinyl. Yeah, you on know, vinyl, yeah. Uh, Reverend Horton Heat, who I love. I was super excited to see that on the list. Sex Pistols makes sense to me, so does Matthew Sweet. But then just a lot of bizarre, bizarre, like country and some classical a little bit. and I don't know. It just runs the gamut when I'm looking at it. Yeah, it really does. Crazy, crazy. Various artists, the Silly Symphony Collection by Walt Disney Records. <laughs> who on earth is buying that? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, why? Well, yeah. how many are they pressing, though? What did it say over there? Uh, let's see, it said 2,500. Yeah. It's not a lot, but I'm like, still, like... I mean, still, I like, the even the highest number that I'm seeing is, which is crazy, uh, 15,000 of the Star Wars. Yeah, so Metallica had 10,000. And I guess maybe if you're a collector, you're, you don't actually probably own a record player you just want the you just want the, it because it said it was a picture vinyl uh, vinyl picture album oh okay and so maybe that makes a little bit of sense well yeah maybe I, agree. I just find this list of things that are being put out bizarre yeah it's just yeah it's just it was an odd it had some cool stuff on it but it was an odd list you know like like I said some of the ones that I mentioned caught my eye and uh yeah, I, mean, I, I like. I mean, it's a great list. I'm, I'm actually excited to see that yeah. uh, the wide variety of genres and artists that are reflected that that are taking part in the day. Because normally mm -hmm. it used to just be your shitty alternative bands, you know, and mm -hmm. some cool hip hop bands and their artists and stuff like that that DJs would be interested in mm -hmm. and things like that. But now it's it just seems to really run the gamut. And vinyl is is the fastest growing, which. You know, it's a little misleading because it was you know, yeah. record players anymore. But it's still the fastest growing section of the music industry. And it's kind of nice to see people getting back into... Yeah. People of all genres getting back getting into back vinyl. Getting back into vinyl. Which yeah. is pretty cool. Yep. Jimi Hendrix, Smash Hits, Legacy, it's a long play. So it's an album. Yeah. Metallica. Brandy Carlisle. Like, really? Like, who is going to buy that record? Like... I don't know. <laughs> no idea. CCR, you know, hey, look, all names I know. See, now that makes sense to me. Like yeah. classic rock albums, yeah. I can see being released on vinyl. Yeah, makes yeah, makes sense. Yeah, uh, because that's a, a collector thing. What, when, yeah. Yeah. My, what one did catch my eye? Uh, Frankie goes to Hollywood. You know, the one hit band. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, strange stuff. I mean, they're putting out the monkeys again on vinyl. Really? On purpose? What? Yeah. yeah, Monkey's Classic Album Collection and Saturday's Child and uh, must be a know, it's a picture disc too. Like, that doesn't make any sense to but me. I thought my, the one that stuck out the most to me that they're doing is Husker Do. Yeah, but I can see that. That's a, that's a classic early 90s alternative band. Didn't know they were still alive. But, um, are they? You know, I'm not sure. <laughs> the Monkeys. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. It's, it's a unique list. We're now... Can you, can you, do you, would you typically go to the store? Or can you buy this online, maybe? You, think? you actually uh, can buy from uh, Record Store Day Direct, but most of it is for record stores. For you know, yeah, uh, well, stores. record stores and places like, um, 
like Urban Outfitters, because yeah. uh, they they've got uh, they've got a, actually a pretty big vinyl selection at this point. Um, you know, because they started, you know, maybe ten years ago. You know, having a few novelty pieces of vinyl, and now mm-hmm. they, they were selling record players. Yeah, they? yeah, yeah. So now they uh, actually really, you know, really carry. Well, I've I've noticed even around here that there are record stores popping up again. Constantly, yeah, everywhere. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all seem like they were shutting down, like five, six years ago, and now the last year-ish, I've been noticing them popping back up. So, um, music-related, but different topic. Um, I don't know, I'm assuming you guys would probably know who he is. George Martin? Yeah, the Beatles producer. The Beatles producer died last week. Sir George Martin. Yes. Excuse me. Sir. Yes. Give him his due. But people forget how many bands that he worked with. I mean, it's amazing. It wasn't just the Beatles, which he became the most famous for, but then he had a ton of hits beyond that. Like, I don't think most people realize he did the the remake of Candle in the Wind that they did at Princess Dye's funeral. He did oh, wow. that for Elton John. He had hits with America during the 70s. Like, he did a ton of stuff. He was a very, very classically trained musician. It was incredible. And more than that, it gets sense to put up with those four dipshits, you know? Well, <laughs> you know? It, it, I was reading that um, he was with the Beatles during their <coughs> their high point. So, well, he found them. Yeah. So he worked for Parlophone Records, found them, discovered them, and said, okay, I'll give you a chance, but your, your songs are terrible. So he tried to get them to record other people's hits, and they insisted on recording their own. And he finally got it to where they became really good songwriters uh, which is kind of cool and then I think the only album he didn't do was the one that Phil Spector redid the Let It Be album mm. uh, which was strangely recorded before their last album I think Abbey Road was released last wasn't it it, it was it was released first but it was recorded last nice. yeah okay and so it was, a, it was a very strange thing but Phil Spector did Let It Be and everything else was done by George Martin I think Kind of so he was 90 years old. Pretty old. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty amazing a life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, amazing life, amazing career. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It'd be kind of crazy. <laughs> you have to call you sir or whatever. whatever. Yeah, it'd be awesome. It's hard to your name at that point. Yeah, it true. Is it true? Nobody calls him a sir. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> I know it's like you know I go to like the grocery store or whatever like uh, paper plastic sir I'm like I'm looking around like who are you talking to I'm a member of the British Empire you better be calling me sir right now <laughs> oh man I'm trying to remember was that the was that the Oscars what were we watching but uh, I meant to ask you guys that was this musical. Well, is this musical? It's called it's called Hamilton, mm. and it's uh and it's you know it's about you know one of it's about Hamilton, one of the founding fathers, mm-hmm. right? I and, uh, Hamilton, yeah. It's it's a musical, but all the dialogue is rapped. Really? In there in full period costume and everything. It's. That's it's hilarious. pretty amazing. Like I was, we was we were looking at TV like just in that kind of that shocked like, 
what did I just yeah. do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's on Broadway. It's on Broadway, it's on Broadway it's now. A, it's yeah. a huge hit. Yeah, it's yeah. like, what did I just witness? Well, the story of Hamilton's life just in general as a historical figure is amazing. Was one of the only founding fathers not born in America. Was born in either Trinidad or Tobago and came over here, yeah. exceptionally poor, uh, and worked his way up and did all this. And then was an aide to Washington during the Revolutionary War. Yeah. And invented the modern American banking system, which then that idiot Thomas Jefferson and Andrew Jackson immediately tried to close down because they were opposed <laughs> to national banks. But he paid off America's debt for one of the only times ever. That we've been debt free. Wow. Uh, it was incredible. But brought the country together as a country instead of 13 individual states at that point. Yeah, he had an incredible life up until probably similar to something I would do. He had a little bit of a hot head and got in a duel and got the yeah, wrong end of it. Got the wrong end of it. But you can still go see his grave. I think it's at Trinity Church in New York City. Huh. And it's uh, really cool. It's a great, great place to go if you're ever there. Downtown Manhattan. Nice. One of my personal I political think, heroes. I think they're playing at the White House today. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Nice. That'd be fun. Nice. Speaking of speaking of the White House, I saw. I did see uh, uh, the president, well, and and the first president to do so, uh, went to speak at South by Southwest. Oh, oh wow! Yeah. Oh yeah, guys. So read about this today. Yeah, he was um, trying to talk about how technology partners need to. Uh, work together to advance more social issues and common goals in conjunction right. with the government. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I think um, you know the guy. I think I think he was the. I want to say the editor of the the, the paper in Austin, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, he was. You know, he had some kind of questions from Twitter and and, and whatever and. I remember one of them, you know, was about uh, Apple and, you know, whether or not he felt like, um, you know, the government should be able to... Is overreaching. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and I I just thought his, I thought his answer was very, um, it's kind of eloquent because, of course, he can't really discuss the case directly. Sure. But, you know, basically he was saying... That um, there's got to be an intersection of where, you know, the public good is being served and is not messing with your bottom line. Now, but that's not Apple's problem. Apple's problem is that they don't want to divulge. Well, exactly. But and, but one of the reasons is because they don't want the, their phones to get hacked, and that's sure. And, and which is. You're obviously a good a good thing that they're you know wanting to you know keep the privacy of their users and you know they want to keep the integrity of their product but i i do think he i think the president did have a point in that you know if you see somebody you know swerving on the highway or on the street even if they're the only one on the street you know they get pulled over and it's not because you know people want to infringe on their privacy or or their liberty but you have the potential to do public harm and and so and and so, and that kind of got me to thinking about you know why the government would be going after apple at all you know because cuz i think originally i was just like yeah good for apple you know like you know screw that you know you 
can have my stuff. But it, it did kind of get me to thinking about it. And I was curious what the panel thought about that. I think if you're Apple and the government forces you to make backdoor loopholes to gain access to people's data, that is an equal amount of potential public harm. Uh, because in, hackers are going to figure that stuff out. And it's not going to take long to, to do. So you're not just opening that information up to the government. You're opening it up to a bunch of crazy people who will take advantage of it. And I think that's wrong. More than that, the government can get it legally with this. That's what the court fight's about. So uh, this this should be something that plays out in the court. You know? yeah. And I'm completely yeah. okay with that. And I also think Apple, from what I've read, is working on a phone that is completely unhackable where they don't store anything on it at all just in case this ever comes up again they're like screw you we got nothing <laughs> and, uh, so, and I'm great with that too we got nothing I'm completely fine with that because think of all the things that you do anymore on your phone yeah and mm-hmm. I'm infinitely more afraid of government overreach than I am Apple not turning over information on a person that they already know is guilty and can convict anytime they want to you know, it's, it's a silly argument because the government already has more than enough evidence to convict them. And why they want the phone records and anything else is just superfluous to me. Yeah. And they shouldn't be allowed yeah. I can see that. I can see that. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I guess, you know, I guess you, you, what, the only real reason that they would want it, I guess, would be at this point, Speculative, you know, like no, you know. they want it because they want to see if there were other plans in place. If well, exactly, sure, that's what I'm saying. They want to try to crack a network of people, and then I get that. Yeah, but see. they already monitor everything, and if they really want to, the Patriot Act allows you to listen in on anything you want to, which is a scam in and of itself. So they have other options to, to get around that. Uh, while they're in a draft like this, I find it ridiculous, and I'm glad that they're standing up for it. At least to the point where, whether or not I think Apple's right, wrong, or indifferent, it's something I want legally decided. Yeah, I don't think I don't that want... the I don't think the public should decide it. I mean, just because you're upset about it, I think it's definitely something that should be decided in the court. Sure, and just because the government asks for it doesn't make it legal. So that's this is where the gray area comes in, and I think probably every technology company on earth would love a def- some definition of what can the government do and not do. Telecom companies have to go through this all the time, mm-hmm. you know, when they yep. get asked for records and texts and all that kind of stuff, and you know, a lot of them just a lot of them have to side with the government and take money from the government to provide that service. A lot of them said no, you're not yeah. gonna do it. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see. But when you can get a wiretap for no reason and listen in on everybody's conversations, it always starts off really small. It always starts off small. Yeah. But imagine the, the stuff that this country has done over time. We interred uh, every Japanese citizen we could find during World War II. <laughs> and, you know, it's always things along those lines yeah. that you make up a reason for why it's okay at the time. At the time. Well, it starts off for, small. Yeah. Well, that's true. Except they were... Japanese citizens or American citizens they have to be and Japanese. I, I, absolutely, that's why I meant. Yeah. Absolutely, they were citizens of the United States who were of Japanese descent, and we threw them into essentially, you know, prison camps. We don't well, always have the best record. We'll always think of, if the public <laughs> government is, doesn't always have the best record. Yeah, and the public always, if you know, if it if it really upsets you as a member of the general public, you always have the right to not buy or use Apple products. 
So if it really pisses you off that bad, then just don't buy the product. But who are you going to buy? That would that would not cave. I mean, a, a phone well, is is, is Chris, and I would say the, uh, the I'm government. I'm not disagreeing with that. Yeah, I mean, what you I'm, pay a tax right now, so on every single phone bill, so that every American can have a phone. It's still part of every tax that you pay to this day. That's on every phone bill. So the government's made it a right to have a phone. But at the same time, they say, if you use that phone, you're not entitled to an expectation of privacy. Well, I would completely disagree well, I agree, with that. I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, but that's where the catch-22 is. When does your right of privacy get overridden by the fact that there could be terrorist acts that could be discovered? Sure. So, I, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, but I agree. I think it should be solved in the courts and not. Yeah, and we're, that's, we're not going to solve it. That's what I know. Yeah, and that's why I like that Apple is not caving. I want to see it go into the court system. And we don't know all the facts either. I mean, you know, nobody ever will. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, nobody ever will. Yeah. whatever judge decides it. But it's just you know, to me, it's again. But I thought it was really interesting this morning. Maybe it was yesterday when we were watching the news and they were talking about. Uh, you know, now they may go ahead and ap- approve his. <coughs> oh yeah, because his nomination because they're afraid that Hillary's going to get, you know, going to be voted into the presidency, and they think it's going to be even worse if she yeah. nominates right. someone. He'll, so he'll they're looking at the lesser of two evils in their mind. Yeah, he'll actually do put somebody in pragmatic in their mind, and Hillary may. You know, <laughs> he's a constitutional lawyer. Yeah, exactly. And I think he would probably pick somebody who would um, probably more liberally interpret the Constitution. But right now, it's a five-four strict constitutional court. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I would mind somebody who more liberally interprets the Constitution and see how it goes. Yeah. And there's always swing votes on every side. It's stunning who votes for what. For what? Comes down to. Depending. And I'll give the classic example in my mind is John Roberts, the Republican yeah. uh, appointee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Casting the swing vote to say Obamacare was a tax, and that's why it was passed. So it's a constitutional law. Yeah. When everybody thought he would deny it. Yeah. So you, you never know. Yeah, how you really do know. never it's know. Very, very, very interesting. So I'm uh, glad you brought the rabbit hole up. <laughs> well, that's an interesting one. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, completely different rabbit hole. Uh, has anybody started uh, binge watching uh, something else political? Uh, on Netflix, a uh, new season of House of Cards started. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we only got two episodes in. And uh, it was. But a... let me tell you, <laughs> if we hadn't started watching it on a weeknight with other stuff to do, we probably would have watched the whole whole mm-hmm. series. Yeah. Because it was already. I did watch the first season of. Uh, it, it picks up right where it left off and. Like and, almost and exactly. Yeah. Gloves are off. That's so. awesome. Yeah. 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 Amazon just put out season two of Bosch, which I was talking about last week a little bit, but it's a it's an LA detective series, very gritty, very yeah. good. Mm-hmm. And uh, so season two's on Amazon now. I love the battle between Netflix and Amazon. I think it's yeah. actually creating amazing programming. It is. And they're both really stepping up their games and making high dollar, high value 
good, interesting shows that networks would never touch. Yeah, I love I'm, that. I'm excited for the next season of Daredevil to come out. Starts, oh, absolutely! It starts this weekend. So. Oh, that's good. I, yeah, I, and I, I, I shouldn't say starts. It the whole. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. know, yeah, it's yeah. Netflix. So and I thought they finally there. released a date for Luke Cage, but I but I actually wasn't paying attention or not. I know it was April, but I don't know if they actually. Let's just check. Okay. <laughs> I say anonymous female was going to do the Google. <laughs> <laughs> no. You are a wizard by, by far. <laughs> I'm not doing Google. I'm doing IMDb. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, wow. Oh, they moved it back. It's now September 30th. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Production right. Okay. But I say so. Uh, let us, uh, those of us who can, get our phones ready. Because it's time for my favorite section of the show called The Shuffle, everybody. And, of course, The Shuffle is where you go on your phone, you pick a playlist. Are you doing it this week? I don't know. Let's see what I got. <laughs> if go, anything. You go on your phone, you pick a playlist, uh, you hit Shuffle, and the first song that comes to the top, we discuss it oh. as a group. And we will see uh, who knows what about what. Who has opinions about what? Who has facts about, you know, said recording that maybe other people didn't have? But it's always pretty fun. Here's mine. And I think the anonymous female. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am currently doing my happy dance, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as uh, the anonymous female shuffle brought up De La Souls, Me, Myself, and I, uh, one of my favorite rap records of all time. I've got a, in fact, I remember the exact first time I heard that record. I was listening to, uh, um, I'm originally from Chicago, um, and I'm listening to the radio and the DJ was uh, was in uh, the mix. It was at night, and they put on the Me, Myself, and I. And I remember it was just it just seemed like the record was just getting euphoric, and it was just building and building. And then when it got to the end, uh, for all you DJ fans out there, when you hit the stop button on the turntable while the record's playing, it just. And they did that on the radio, and I was like, oh! <laughs> I just remember thinking, oh I love this record! And of course, it took me out, it took me like a month to actually find a copy of the album. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I love that album, Three Feet High, Rising Day, like so. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you were actually looking this yeah, time, Dave. It's, it's not connecting. Uh-oh. I might say, so yeah. We, mine was going to be a Pandora. Ah, okay. All right. We, we can take that. If it comes on, I'll play it. And we'll see what's on. And let's see what Chris has got on the shuffle. So this will be a, uh, an old school play, like really old school. I have no idea what it's going to play. 
my story is now what's what sad to be told. Oh. 100 year anniversary of Frank Sinatra's death, so that's a little interesting. It is. Oh, well, not his death, but he would have been 100 this He year. would have been 100. But I do love the rap act, and I grew up listening to him. I do too. In my high school graduation trip, my dad took me to see Dean Martin just before he died. It was one of his last Las Vegas shows. Tipped heavily, so we were in the front row. And uh, my all-time favorite moment I've ever spent with my dad, it was watching Dean Martin That's awesome. play in Las Vegas. That's awesome. Loved it. And I'm a huge Rat Pack fan myself, actually. I kind of feel like, and this may be a bold statement, but uh, but uh, Loft Party people back me up here. I kind of feel like the Loft Party is a new Rat Pack. I kind of feel like that. I, I I'm I like, cool. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing cigars, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing liquor, I'm, I'm seeing pretty girl faces. Um, yeah, I'm kind of feeling, I'm kind of feeling Rat Packish. This whole place is a throwback, I love it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the location, like all of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think Dave <laughs> was having internet issues, uh, but... That's okay, because we're going to uh, we're going to let we're going to let anonymous female take some pictures. Is what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> she thought she was going to get away with that. Thought she was going to favorite squirt. concert. What was what's everybody's favorite oh, show? I can absolutely uh, remember my favorite concert. Um, I remember it was it's a Run DMC tour and. Uh, Nuts lineup. If, if if you're a rap fan, you immediately understand why this was a completely bananas lineup. So, Run DMC, Public Enemy, uh, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, <laughs> EPMD. Uh, oh my goodness! Actually, I have two because I because the other one is a different kind of. Uh, it, it's not my favorite, but it has such it has sentimental value. And um, and I'm trying to remember the the last person on that bill, but it was just an incredible show, and it was a uh, and it was an arena show too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it was I remember um, like Run DMC's stage, the way it was built, was almost kind of like this uh, stair stepped. It wasn't even like it wasn't like a pyramid, but it had like two or three levels. Were they headlining the show? Yeah. Yeah, it had two or three levels, and it's that, funny how time changes. Oh, be headlining yeah, who would be headlining or not? So it was, um, it was uh, two or three level stage. Jam Master J was at the very top, um, and then the second, uh, the second level, they would come up these stairs and they go up to the second level, run in D, and then there were elevators that actually t- you took them down. And they could burst through kind of the front wall, and it was just nuts. And then I remember Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. It was a huge like EQ meter, which was what Jazzy Jeff's turntable setup was sitting on, and it was you know a story tall. And um, oh, and LL Cool J, yeah, oh. that was the other. And uh, it was just like a story tall. It was. So every time he'd do a scratch or the you know the the, the music would be playing, you watch the meters jump up and down. And I remember uh, LL Cool J came out of a giant boombox. That was the year. <laughs> it was just that tour was nuts. 
<laughs> that's awesome. And, two, and that was like my first really huge show. And I, I just remember that one with, uh, as such fond memories. But I also remember, um, I remember the one and only time I got to see Biggie. That was a good. Yeah, that was um, Bad Boy was doing a tour, and it was his first. Uh, Biggie's first album and I remember Was it in a club? It was in a it was in a huge club it was uh, actually it was a club that used to be a theater and, um, okay. and so they took all the seats out on the floor and um, and so it was huge it probably standing room 3,000 people wow. yeah, so it was huge it was huge Called the Riviera, and uh, oh, yeah. and I just remember a Cliff Levinson's Riviera. It was, which I don't know if he still owns it or not, but I remember back in the day that's that you almost had to say the whole phrase, Cliff Levinson's Riviera, because <laughs> when Cliff Levinson used to play for the Bulls, look him up on the, look him up on the Googles. <laughs> the Googles. <laughs> I'm having fun talking, talking real. Old. I do not remember. I can't remember either. Anonymous female. I'm sorry. <laughs> what were we? Oh, <laughs> I was thinking about Sorry. my favorite concert. Cl- Cliff Levinson. Only asking because it is uh, about to be March Madness here this week. And yes. The tournament starts on Thursday. What are we looking for, though? Oh, where did, where did, where did he play college, college ball? ball? Oh. All right. Chris, what was your favorite concert? Uh, I'm gonna cheat and throw out two, only because they're very different experiences. One was. Uh, I was always such an R.E.M. fan growing up, just because that was the time and the school Wichita I went to State. and all that. It's right. That's exactly what I thought. So I grew up in Wichita. Wichita State. I thought that all was right. what it was. He played on the same team with uh, Xavier McDaniel and Aubrey Sherrod and all those guys. Nice. And, uh, he was the first round draft pick in 82. Yeah, that yes. was, uh, I do remember who by, the first Does anybody know by who? I, I thought the Bulls, but he might have been traded to the Bulls. No, Pistons. Pistons to the Pistons. No, he was selected by the Pistons. Oh, okay. But he never played for. Him? Was traded before that. I don't know. It doesn't say. Huh? Because that was a hell of a. I mean, like Wichita State. They paid all those guys to go there. I mean, oh no, he played for him for two Antoine years. Carr. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they had oh. everybody. Well, he played for the Pistons for two years. He played for the Hawks for six years, and then he played for the Bulls. Oh, he was, he was, he was, he was seasoned by the Bulls. All right. Wow. By the time he got to the Bulls. Oh, and then he team. went to Greece. It makes sense. And then to Italy. Just wanted to hang on. And he then just to the Nuggets. Keep, yeah, just wanted to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so backwards. And then the Nuggets. Okay, okay. You know, from a million a year to a hundred thousand a year. He was just like, I just want to keep playing ball, y'all. That's kind of neat, though. Uh, Wichita State um, retired his number. No, that's From cool. There. That is very cool. State had one good year ever, so prior to last year. With show, him? Yes. Yeah, but, that's actually uh, very cool. They had their ass thrown on probation after that whole thing. Oh, okay. I mean, that, again, that was Xavier McDaniel, who played yeah. forever. Yeah. Antoine Carr, Cliff Livingston. Uh, then you had, and I think Aubrey Sherrod was on that yeah. team. Yeah. And there was one other person who <coughs> had an amazing starting five. It was ridiculous, and they all got paid to go there, and uh, the school was. Just gone after that. <laughs> so we're going into, or we're in, I guess, March Madness. Yeah. You guys enjoying that? Uh, uh, okay, he's the number one overall seed. I'm enjoying everything about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Haven't had a 
real chance. It seems like we've been having stuff to do every day. So I have not had a chance every day with this shit. <laughs> but uh, haven't had a chance to watch any games. Did they rank KU number one? KU is the number one overall seed. Number one seed. And then I fell in my bracket today and I have KU just on principle beating Kentucky in the final game just for fun. Just because I want to see it. Yeah, it sounds like, uh, sounds like we had a lot of opinions today. Uh, we, talked, we talked a little politics, which uh, we didn't bash anybody, but we definitely uh, had some opinions on some things. We talked, uh, talked to government and tech, and, uh, and uh, once again, didn't really bash anybody, but had some opinions on some things. We actually had a pretty good shuffle today. I think uh, everybody's, everybody's uh, song uh, selections that popped up was, was actually pretty cool. Um, I think we determined that uh, we're very possibly the new rap act. I gotta get back to my Kanye shuffle next week. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Actually, actually, I didn't do a shuffle this week. You didn't. Uh, well, one, I'm recording on my phone, but two, I think the last thing I listened to actually today was Kanye's Life Pablo album, yeah. uh, which, uh, upon like third listen at this point, uh, I was like, you know. You know, like all of the, you know, the antics and the twittering and all that shit. But uh, when I just was listening to the record, mm-hmm. I was like, actually, this album ain't that bad. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I think he's got, I think he just got a bad rap on it. But the album is pretty good. I was like, because I think the first couple times, you know, I, I always wind up listening at work. And I think the first couple times I was kind of busy. And so I didn't really pay a real a real attention but today um, I was kind of problem solving and and I wasn't it wasn't a lot of extra noise mm-hmm. so I was really while I was trying to solve the problem I could just hear the music and I was like wow this album is kind of good um, and um, just my two cents the whole uh, Taylor Swift thing was blown out of proportion if you listen to the record it's obviously a joke and uh, I do believe, because I have heard this in a couple of different places, that uh, he had let Taylor hear the record. He did. And, uh, and she had no problem with it because she knew it was a joke until, you know, her fans start saying, I can't believe that he said this about you. Now, if that's true, I don't know if it's not. But all I know is I heard the record. It sounded like a joke to me. I think mean, it's all stage. It sounded like some it's stuff that you. I think mean, it's all. Sounded like some stuff you say jokes. at the barbershop to your boys, and uh, and and it's all jokes and. Uh, Too Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, uh, we're gonna we're gonna let the anonymous female give us our last words. Too far. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thank you all for uh, tuning in to the Law Party Podcast. We are very. Very uh, happy to come to you with episode two. I think we had a good podcast today, gentlemen. Lady, what did we think? Yeah, I loved it. All right, everybody, raise your glasses. And as we always do about this time, to good times with good people. Yes.